0: Welcome to Push From Life After Injury podcast for April 23rd, 2014, episode 40 Willpower. I'm Ray Pizarro.
1: I'm Richard Bow.
0: We want to thank our audience for being with us. Uh, these podcasts were created to talk about spinal cord injury related topics, disability resources, and also spotlight individuals that found ways to get past their challenges and are a great source of inspiration. On this episode, our friend uh, Will Mate will be sharing his story with us, as well as some great resources. Uh, And with that, we welcome Will to the show. Welcome, Will.
2: Well, hey, I want to say welcome uh, to you guys. Thank you very much for having me here, man. Yeah, it's
0: good to see you again, bro.
2: Hey, for all you guys do out in the community, I certainly appreciate you.
0: Well, we always say it's a team effort, and and amongst all the uh, organizations out there, we you know benefit from each other of of you know sharing what we can with especially the newly injured that are coming up and want to find answers or or you know ways around their injuries and stuff
2: sure sure
0: yeah, yeah so
1: yeah with that um let's get some background on you um how did you become injured and oh, well, back
2: in uh may 2002 may 9th um i can even remember the time it was about one thirty in the afternoon um, I could bet that uh, you probably haven't heard of my injury, it's a rarity. Um, I was a commercial diver underwater water construction. I took a nitrogen bubble to the spine, basically an air bubble. I came out a solution from the bloodstream uh, while I was at depth. Um, I was on an easy money dive, it was about 119 feet, and I was going to go down there, take some measurements, show an engineer, can you see this? And, end of the day get out make a lot of money and it was good unbeknownst to me i did my decompression stop at about 10 feet as i got out of the water after my stop i took three steps and it was literally like you see in the movies i was down i lost everything here down it was like a switch someone just turned it off all of the weight of my gear and me it was all dead weight i dropped down to the ground the guys knew exactly what happened to me They went ahead and tore my gear off, threw me in a decompression chamber, which we have on site. Basically, it assimilates the pressure of water, but at the same time, you're in the dry atmosphere, and it's more of a controlled environment than putting you back down in the water. As soon as I got in the chamber, the bubble went back into solution. I got everything back. I was like, oh, my God, wow, I just dodged a major bullet. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew what happened to me. Um, not exactly knew where it hit or anything like that, but I knew it was major uh, with the training I had and nine and a half years of doing it. Got into the chamber while I was resting and, wow, you know, thinking, oh, my God, and everything's flashing in front of me. Um, that I'm going to do a five-hour trip in a chamber, and I'll be fine. About an hour into treatment, I started getting numbness on the soles of my feet. I go, "Oh, here we go." Um, it took uh, quite a while. I was in the chamber for seven hours. I came out paralyzed from the chest down. So, I got so, quite a bit of time.
0: so mentally, how how were you dealing with that? Did you have a lot of fear? A lot of a roller coaster of emotions? That's you got feeling back, and then
2: exactly, you know, the fear in the beginning, of when I dropped, was huge because I knew, wow, this is major. Uh, when I got into the decompression chamber, it was, you know, I was, wow, Whew, elated. I was happy. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't so bad. I'll be all right. You know, I can get through this. But being in the chamber and getting the soles on my feet and then seven hours of thinking about it because it gradually crept up mm-hmm. um, to where they finally said, okay, we're pulling you out. Um, I, again, I was at the T6 level around the chest. Mm-hmm. Flew me to Long Beach Memorial Hospital. I was in the ER room and um, waiting around. I knew I should be in a decompression chamber. Uh, my wife shows up. I really wasn't aware that they called her. They kind of kept that as a secret to me, I guess. They didn't want to let me know. No one said, "Hey, Will. By the way, we called your wife." That I was more thinking of. Um, oh God, how am I going to tell her? You know, how do you tell somebody that? You know. So she ends up in the hospital with me alongside of me while I was in the ER. And I said to her, I says, honey, you know, go get a nurse or a doctor. I need to get in a chamber. I started getting numbness on the left hand, right arm, and started getting hard to breathe. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm thinking about here down. Now it's creeping up even higher. I'm like, oh, I got to get in a chamber. My wife found a nurse, and a nurse comes in and she says what's going on i told her look at my chart i know a doctor told me i I should be in the chamber Mm -hmm. she reads the chart and she her eyes pop open she's like oh my god a couple minutes later she grabs people and off to the chamber i go got into the decompression chamber and as soon as i did my respiratory the distress gone so i started feeling better breathing had the numbness in my hands, that stopped, but the um, paralysis from the T6 down, that didn't, No, that was paralyzed. I was completely paralyzed. Following the morning, they did an MRI and found out that there was three locations that I took a hit. C1, C2, mm-hmm. T6, T7, L5, S1. Wow. When I say a hit, basically a bubble gets caught. It creates a tear in the vein. The swelling kicked in. The swelling is what pinched off my nerve. Mm-hmm. If the C1, C2 was the larger of the three, I would have been a quadriplegic. But the T6, T7 was a larger tear. Um, The C1, C2 we caught in time, I guess, by Mm -hmm. me getting back into the chamber. And by it being an oxygen-rich environment, steroids and all that stuff, um, Mm -hmm. that didn't uh, go into a larger swelling. Um, So I went into rehab hospital after that. Yeah,
1: how was that? How was
0: rehab?
2: I went to Long Beach Memorial, and they told me that I have to be there for two months. I'm like, no. no. That's Ray's alma mater.
0: Oh, really? I did three months there back in 93, so I don't know how long your stay was.
2: Oh, they told me it was a two-month program. Okay. You know, you have to be here for two months. I'm like, really? No, I don't. <laughs> I said, what do I got to do to not be here? And, you know, programs laid out so that we can be independent, and, you know, you have to do this, 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 this and the way that I am I was like fine bring it on you know I took it on as a challenge I'm mm-hmm. going to get out of here I don't want to be here for two months right. so throughout the weeks mm-hmm. I went through the checklist mm-hmm. check you know check I was pushing myself I can do this I can do that check I want out my rehabilitation doctor Dr. Facelli uh, she, oh, she was great yeah, she was my rehab doctor and she's like well you want to get out I'm like absolutely she goes okay prove this do this and you can get out i was out in 30 days unbeknownst to me my wife wanted me there longer and you know hindsight 2020 i probably should have stayed there longer Mm -hmm. because i you know went into a small home and all of a sudden you all know that rehab starts when you get home yeah yeah. and it's
0: like a um you know they say culture shock right oh yeah you know you go home and you get there's no call button no nurse button you could be like dig dig you know i need help no you're on your own
2: yeah, and then, you know, after two or three weeks, the wife has to go back to work, too. So mm. you lose that extra caregiver, too. So, um yeah, I'm sure there was tension between the wife and I and my daughter, who at the time was nine years old. Mm. You know, I was hardly ever home as a commercial diver. There wasn't much water in my backyard, so I had to travel.
0: Did you leave home in a wheelchair, or did you have braces at the time? Or how? I left the
2: hospital in a wheelchair? Okay. I was in a wheelchair for eight months before I could get up and do the walker and transition to the forearm crutches and all that stuff.
0: Good. When did you decide to go about doing that therapy? Was it at home, or did you come in as an outpatient to do that?
2: I came in as an outpatient at Casa Colina. Uh, I found out through workers' comp they were going to send me to Huntington Memorial, which was close to my house. I got into the rehab center at Huntington Memorial, and it was literally a small room with just dilapidated old equipment. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, oh, my God, is this what they have for therapy? This isn't going to be good. So the therapist came in, and, and I said, you know, is this the therapy center? And she goes, yeah. she goes, that's the equipment. And it's old school strings and pulleys on the really? wall, man, old school. I said, well, isn't there anything better than this? And she says, yeah, there's Casa Colina. I, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you might want to look into it. Off to Casa Colina, I went, you know, a couple of days later with the wife. Mm. And they had this big old facility. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, and... I'm just cleaner, seeing so nice you know, so many people, and that was the old building back then, two thousand two. That's not the new area that we right. have now. But I saw you even know, that was nicely set up. Oh yeah, more options. Plus, I saw other pairs and other quads. It just wasn't right. me in a small room with a therapist, you know. So I took therapy head on, man. I was like, I want three days a week, four days a week. I want whatever, and doctor facilities like. If you can handle it and you progress, do it.
0: We'll give it to you.
2: Yeah, well, I did it for five years, guys, three days a week.
0: Good work. And now you could see how it's paying off, where you were able to be more mobile and and have more independence, I'm sure. And you know, it
2: it hasn't stopped. You know, therapy doesn't stop. You know, we got to work out. I think, I think it's a
0: lifestyle, you know, because it, you're, yeah. it's not like a diet or some right. temporary, okay, I'm done. No, you have to incorporate it into the long-term goals that you might have in, in your life. And, Absolutely. And our body changes as we get older, so we have to learn how to make those slight adjustments.
2: Yep. You know, that's a good analogy you just said about a diet. You know, you get people like try different diets and they're on it for, what, a week? No. A month? Right. Three months, and then all of a sudden you revert back. You and I do that. We know what happens. We lose the muscles. We lose everything, quick. Very uh. fast. So to say that my therapy was five years, yeah, that was you know three days a week for you know up to four days a week. But um, no, it still continues. I still do the gym. I still work out, and that's my therapy. Yeah, I'm not one on one with a therapist, but after doing it for five years with a therapist, I pretty much know what I got to do and you know when I need to help some hey can can you help me move my leg this way or stretch me
0: now do you remember will what, what the first thing you had done to uh, maybe start getting back into your recreational part of your life or maybe just outings uh, meeting people how was that for you
2: um, you know doing a the therapy at Casa Colina all that time I get to meet a lot of people and I'm an outgoing person mm-hmm. so I kind of right off the bat started to want to help people And they didn't have anything at Casa Colina unofficially. If I wanted to be a mentor, I had to go through the official process, which means I got to wear their shirt, go to the board meetings, go to the medical meetings. I got to say what the person said. I got to, you know, I didn't want to have nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. So the therapist kind of knew me, and they would say, hey, by the way, we know this person. Can you talk to this person unofficially? So I started helping out that way. And as for recreational... um, yeah, ma'am, you and I both know we could sit in a room, rock back and forth, and go, what the heck am I going to do? Yes. So I had a garage, a two-car garage in the back, and I'm like, you know, hmm, I want to do my cars again. I had a 68 Camaro back in 1998 prior to my injury, and I had a blast with that. And I thought, well, let me see what I can do. So my wife came home from work one day, and I'm like, honey, I'm buying a classic car, another Camaro. And she's like, what? <laughs> So, sure enough, a couple weeks later I had a Camaro in my garage and there I am, like a salamander, man, crawling around on the ground (laughs) with floor jack, jack stands, and all of a sudden I'm finding out what I can still do without, you know, my legs or whatever. And it actually blew up quite a bit into a really neat hobby that I had. I've done a lot of cars. Uh, And and my cars have gone to Germany, Australia, New Zealand, Holland, all over the United States and the world. I've done probably 20 of the Camaros, 67, 8, and 9. Mm, I've done a 70 Chevelle. I've done uh, Corvettes. Um, I don't do Mustangs, I guess because I'm not a Ford guy. (laughs) I buy, you know, Mustangs and ride them for a little while or whatever for that matter, but I really don't work on them. But um, for the restorations, we're talking literally every nut and bolt is completely off the car. The frame is on the ground, and you take it into a whole process. And five, six months later, you're driving it, and uh, people look at you and they're like, "Oh yeah, who did your car?" You know, and you're like, "No, I did my car." No, not really. Our, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, oh yeah, really? Who who put the engine in and transmission? Uh, I did.
0: I do my work.
2: Yeah, and they can't comprehend that. Yeah, that they
0: can't They can't really picture a guy with challenges to be able to crawl under there and take care of business. Like, yeah, like you
2: did. yank yourself up to an engine lift or whatever and throw yourself into an engine compartment, you know, and no one's yeah. looking and, you know, I'm sure it looks silly, but yeah. I'm getting it done.
1: In a weird way, um, when you have a tra- uh, traumatic injury like that, um, you... Tend to find things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise.
2: Right. Yeah, or, so. and, and you got to figure a way to do it. You know, there is no one around, man. And,
0: and the sense yeah, of accomplishment you, know. you get like, just, I remember when I first put my shirt on by myself in the hospital, I was like, oh, God, I got to change this shirt. It's a stained, I dropped my lunch on it, and no one's around. And then you put it on, you're like, whoa. Okay, it's halfway up your bag, but you've got most of it on, and you're like, okay, okay I could work from here on. You know, you could exactly. work, build from
2: it. What about the first time I sat up in a bed? You know, I wasn't supposed to without a therapist around, but, you know, two o'clock in the morning when you're awake because you got all this stuff going through your mind. I'm going to sit up. You guys were way
1: more advanced than me. The first thing I did was eat an In-N-Out burger animal style, <laughs> really? double-double. It's my first meal. <laughs>
2: Off no of life way. support.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right after that, the speech therapist came in and said, um, "You can eat applesauce now."
2: Yeah, yeah I was just yeah, like, yeah. "Okay." Yeah, yeah. But you wanted that animal style. Double oh, double. dude. It was Dreaming it, about that. I wanted my Starbucks. You know. Yeah. And uh, the company I was working for, uh, they would come in every morning with my Starbucks. Funny story to that is, uh, after they found out about three weeks while I was in the hospital that there was no lawsuit. 'cause it's workers come. Mm, right, yeah. My Starbucks stopped. <laughs> uh, I didn't see them anymore. I didn't get my Starbucks, but yeah. You know, when, when you do that first accomplishment, my first accomplishment mm-hmm. was uh sitting up on the side of the bed by myself. Mm-hmm. I fell before that, you know, and I was like, oh do I push the button? Right. Uh, I figured, you know, I crawled back up on a bed. I'm like, yeah, oh give it another try. Yeah. And I did. And if I fell, okay, I knew yeah. I could get my back myself back up on a bit.
0: Yeah, I think you fear know? holds a lot of people back. You know, if you're going to do oh, yeah. something early oh, yeah. on in your injury, um, it, spotters go a long way, you know, <laughs> well, it, when yeah. you're in therapy and like, all right, yeah. spot me. And then once I feel comfortable doing it 10, 20 times, then maybe I could do it on my own one day.
2: Yeah, of course I did it in therapy, you know, right. with a therapist. So, yeah, but I, I didn't, I don't know. It was essential of accomplishment of me doing it myself, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I slept good that night because I accomplished that first thing, you know. So yeah. it just, it, the the classic cars and, your, you know, really to answer your question, what got me back into it mm-hmm. was myself. I didn't want to be unmotivated. I didn't want to, you know, just sit around and do nothing. So I got to create something. So
0: was, it was you know? that inner will.
2: Yeah, it was my willpower, people. dude. It That's really right. was. I mean, it sounds corny, but it I'm is. sorry. It, <laughs> it really was the willpower of saying no. Willing yourself. Uh, yeah, I, uh, and okay, I may not do it like I used to do it, but come on, man, i got to find figure out a way, and if I do need help, let me call my brother-in-law or my cousin or whatever. And at first I felt bad, you know, and then I realized, well, it ain't so bad to ask for help. You know, now don't matter if I know I can't do it. And hey, can you help me, Ray? Can you can you help me? You know, there's no embarrassment, no pity, nothing. No, no. it's like hey, I gotta help. You know, someone's gotta help me. As um,
1: far as far as um now, I know you're into a lot of activities with Triumph. Yeah, and um, would you like to expound on some of those?
2: Sure. Um, about a year and a half ago, I was going to start my own nonprofit organization. And with a goal of primarily supplying medical equipment to people that are in need, because we all know that the insurance companies uh, cut people off really quick. Um, And they'll buy a $20,000 power wheelchair, but they won't pay for a $200 ramp to get into the house, because they don't have to, you know. And I saw more and more people that needed that small pieces of equipment that, you know, they couldn't afford. They can't figure out how to get it. I mean, who knows how to get a foldable, collapsible aluminum ramp for a six-inch threshold? Where do you find that information, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I started looking into a nonprofit. I used to own a company with my wife, and that was a classified ads for classic cars. With the thought of donating the money to nonprofit organizations, whatever I got from the classified ads, mm-hmm. we would take it and donate a portion of that. Um, well, as soon as I got big in that company, uh, we started getting onto Google first page, and we were just below another big, big company. Uh, I got cease-to-assist letters that they're going to sue me and kill off my future generations and do whatever because yeah. I, I, I put one word – was similar to their award within my web address. Mm. Uh, and you know, they got the corporate lawyers that they can outspend me right, a, right. a million to one. You right, know? right. So I couldn't fight it. So we gave it up. And um, with the knowledge of having that corporation, I was going to do a nonprofit organization. Then I looked into it and I go, you know, let me step back from this. Why not go into an existing organization who's already well established? Mm. And you know, there's a lot of them out there. Right. And I ran into Andrew and saw what Triumph does and asked him, hey, do you need a hand? And, you know, he was reluctant at first because, like everyone else, you know, people promise a lot of things, but do they follow through? And he said the same thing to me. Well, you know, a lot of people want to help the organization, but the biggest problem I have is people don't help because they got to one, they got to work full time, you know, or whatever the matter is. I said, no, 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 you don't get it, Andrew. I'm serious. I want to help. You know, what do you need me to do? He started giving me small tasks of helping a mountain. I did that, and then I came up with an idea because out of the care baskets that they have, there's a lot of flyers and brochures that are part of the care basket. Um, I wanted to take it to a little different level and more modern, because nowadays everybody's got their laptop or their iPad when they're in the hospital. You know, that's a, one of the first things they have is in, uh, with their smartphone, or they're going to get they want information mm-hmm. and whether they're looking up about paraplegic or quadriplegic or whatever. So I went ahead and said to Andrew, hey, i got an idea. Let's take information and put it on not only a wristband, but make it a flash drive wristband. Mm -hmm. And that's where that came up, and and, uh, we created it. And now we have over 30 different categories on there. It covers everything from accessible vans to wheelchair suppliers to adaptive sporting events um you name it it's pretty much on there
1: awesome you know, and yeah yeah i've seen uh like you gave me one it's uh pretty comprehensive in
2: fact you guys are
1: on there oh yeah that's you right know? we are on there
2: you go to support groups you know push rims on there um what social we networks exactly it's, it's definitely on there because Look, it's important. We're not going to be biased, and everything's about triumph. That's that's not what this is about. No, no. You, you have a disabled community with resources like Pushrim or Triumph or exactly. Core or whomever. Mm-hmm. If if they're really a good organization and they're going to help out the disabled community, we want them on there. Right. You know, the more information the merrier. You know, it's all about you choosing. You know what you want to go after. So. If they're an organization where they're for profit, well we actually created an advertisement aspect now to get some income for Triumph Foundation. We Mm -hmm. are nonprofit, so we have to have funds.
0: To run it properly, yes. Yeah,
2: you know that. That it it takes money to do all of this. You know, and um, people out there sometimes don't get it that, you know, where does a two thousand dollar grant come from or a twenty thousand dollar van, you know? We have to as triumph, and we have to raise that money, so part of it is with the flash drives.
0: No, that's great. i mean it, 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 that's the thing about technology these days we We're living in super awesome times where we have information overload of information at a click of a button and yeah. uh and be able to tap into invaluable resources that could change people's lives, you know, especially us, where we go ahead and get hurt. And we feel foreign, like foreigners in our our bodies and and, and that
2: sense of isolation, right? Like,
0: it only happened to me. What am I going to do with myself?
2: Right. There's no one else in the world like me, (laughs) you know? Especially right before you get to rehab. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do you know i 'm never going i 'm never going to do anything right right i, mean, I didn 't have anyone roll up to me man i didn 't have Andrew roll up or anyone roll up at Long Beach Memorial. Right. And I saw that as a missing aspect, and then when I saw triumph, they do that oh but, I, I really wanted to be a part of it yeah. you know little
0: void in in, in in our lives that we needed to tap into, and they 're nuggets yeah. of information too um, and, oh, yeah. and our our community is a tight knit one also. And we rely on each other to help each other out and, and move along with our lives. So Hey, it
2: is a small world. Look how many times we run into each other, and, and you're like, oh, you're yeah. here, or oh, you're here. Yeah. And, you know? No, you're everywhere, <laughs> I know. Everywhere
1: I, I, I show up, uh, there's Well, I was little. just going to say,
2: but you're there, too. So, I mean, it's the <laughs> yeah. same thing where we literally run into each other. And, and we didn't plan on any of that event, you know, where we coordinated it. it's like hey what's up richard ray oh my god our you know? circles
0: we yeah. run into our
1: circles it's a peculiar all the time. fraternity isn't it That's what it is isn't
2: it and like you said it's a small world so names go a far away you know within our community and i'm not trying to make a name for myself mm-hmm. i really just want triumph you know triumph to expand larger you know um take with andrew and the board and, and triumph members because you know all of you guys are members one way or another to let's let's broaden our our uh, horizon right you know yeah and
0: you're doing a great job i mean yes. I, I think it's it's so nice to that's one of the reason rich and i wanted to have you on to get to know will and his story because maybe a lot of people don't know your story or yeah. just the trials and tribulations that you went through to get where you're at today and that uh helps everyone um not people that just ha- are in chairs or have different disabilities, but even people walking around. You know, they see that and yeah. see how you got past it, and now what you're doing. Man, you get you get so much inspiration out of that. so yeah. well, I appreciate we thank it. you for sharing that, Will. I mean, shoot, we need to we, we need an hour with you at least, man, because we got so much other cool stuff we want to talk about. Maybe some hand cycling clinics yeah. and all the hand cycling you're starting to do with. Uh, with our friend uh, Dominic, even and some was, of the yeah. advocacy work you do.
2: Well, yeah. with the hand cycling with uh, Dominic, um I went to the wheelchair sports fest or sports event, which was last year for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a hand cycle. I'm like, I want to get on one. I'm like, Andrew, who do I go to? And he went, Dominic. So I rolled over, Dominic. Dominic, my name is Will Matey. I want to get on one of these cycles. He's like, All right. What's your abilities, disabilities? You know, he explained to me on the different bikes and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. he got me into one. And dude, I was running around that parking lot like a.
1: Now you're doing marathons and stuff. Yeah, and
2: it rolled into crazy. literally um, that rolled into me getting a bike. And I got my own hand cycle. And mine is uh, on road, off road. So we took it to the next step. I say we, Dominic and I, because he's got that crazy off road wheel wheelchair living. Oh, has. yeah. So we took that and my hand cycle, and then and, and, uh, a friend of ours, Paul Aaron Rodgers, we went out to Gorman. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the dirt bikes and the ATVs oh, yeah. that go on out there. Oh. Well, we went ahead with two four-wheel drive trucks, the hand cycle, my hand cycle, Dominic's wheelchair, and we went out there, and we're literally on top of these hills. Mm-hmm. Threw the bike out, threw the wheelchair out, and i'm in a wheelchair dominic's in his normal day-to-day wheelchair and we got dirt bike guys coming up to us and they're just Mm -hmm. stopping atvs and they're like are you guys about to do what we think you're about to do (laughs) we're like well yeah and dominic's transferring i'm transferring like no i love it we're like yeah i love it so there everybody comes to a stop and we're bombing these hills man dominic's rolling and doing his stunt rolls right it was crazy i know your
0: competitive juices were going at that time right they They, were like okay
2: they were i mean you know we planned it out it may look like you know some people see a video or a photo and they think we're doing stupid things no dude we had our gear on we had our plan we had a a truck down there in case of emergency yeah it was safety first um from there uh, dominic says hey i got an idea i'm like what you know what next? And he's like, Well, Zion half marathon in Utah like come on, come out, you know, and do it and Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I was training for it on my own and did some training with Dominic at the hand cycling clinics mm-hmm. at uh try on pads every month. Right. And uh, sure enough I find myself at seven AM, pitch black, dark in Utah, mountains all the way around us and is Dominic and I in the start line. I'm like, Oh man, dude. Countdown five, you know, four oh, yeah. goes off, and him and I go, and uh, the sun started coming up over the peaks of the mountains, dude. And you're two feet off the ground, and it's just the two of us, and we're cruising, and there's just eight thousand foot mountains all the way around us. Whoa! It was an awe-inspiring moment, man. It yes. was the coolest thing. Until you came around that one bend, and there's that two-mile-long climb. Yeah i got, got to that incline i wanted to kill That's dominic yeah
0: what did he get myself into
2: yeah well he he was waiting for me he, he overpowered me definitely on that he's certainly built and conditioned a lot you know but he waited at the top of the peak and I, i'm like oh my god so i stopped and there's a group of people there at the water in hole and it's young kids and i'm like listen kids i want to give you a, a lesson Choose your friends wisely. <laughs> that's right. Because this guy got me he here. He will run you
0: to the he, ground. He got me
2: here, just on a whim of, "Hey, can I try yeah. hand cycling?" All of a sudden, I'm doing a marathon. No, that's wisely. a
0: negative. No, it's not. Yeah,
2: but it, it, you know what? We, we I completed it. Uh, Dominic completed it. It was awesome, man.
0: Well, well, dude, you got to come back one, you know, down the road again. Once we, once we get you more and more of these cool, um, you know, experiences and and uh, all these sports stuff that you're into. Yeah. I mean as we wrap we're wrapping down in time right now but oh, okay. uh you want to actually share um about the sports uh wheelchair sports day that's coming sure. up.
2: We've got it coming up on uh, Memorial Day. It's the 24th and 25th. We expanded to 2 days instead of one. It's the Wheelchair Sports Festival. It's at the Santa Clarita Sports Complex. Come on out. We're going to have every every type of wheelchair for sporting events from quad rugby, okay. uh, basketball, hockey, hand cycles. Um, it's going to be a pretty large event this year. Uh, we have to take it from one day okay. to make it to two days uh, because of all the people that have been coming.
0: So check it out, guys. Uh, make sure you look it up on their Facebook page or on Pushrim Rim on our events page. We have their information there if you guys are interested in joining and also, uh, any um, places they could look you up and contact you directly?
2: Yeah, they can contact me uh, through Facebook. Okay. Um, link either through Triumph Foundation or through you guys and, you know, through friends and all that stuff. Um, anytime anybody needs any help with information or anything like that, and if they hook, contact me, uh, chances are we're going to find the answer. And that's through our network. That's through all of us.
1: That's right. All right? Yeah, because he's also on PushRain. Where you can find all of us at www.pushfrom.com. That's right. And um, Also right. Um, on our YouTube channel, Club Pushroom, one word, and um, that's how you find us.
0: Yeah, we're also on iTunes. If you have any iTunes listeners out there want to put us on your on your phones to go and get a workout on, you can do that. Um, we want to thank Will once again for being with us. Thanks a lot for all that great work you do and all the uh, your inspirational story you were able to share with our community and. Uh, Hopefully we can have you back at a future date with any any cool developments.
2: Well, hey, yeah. thanks to both of you, man. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thanks. Thanks, and uh, we'll see all of you later. Yeah. Take care, and
0: uh, catch you later. Goodbye.